Thanks for tuning in to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Well, hello, everyone. This is Jenny with JR's Hunt for Life, and we are going to be recording and podcasting our program, Safe Talk which is a suicide prevention uh, nonprofit organization where we are hoping to save lives every day from suicide. We're hoping to spread hope and peace and help. We want everyone to know that we're here to offer help. And in that fashion, I'm going to give you all of my contact information. And we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Allison, and she's going to be visiting with us regarding her suicide attempt. So let me offer a trigger warning to everyone. This will be uh, a talk regarding her attempt, what has happened to her, what brought her to that point, and how she is surviving since that point. So my information is JR's Hunt for Life all over. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's um, on all social media. Um, JR's Hunt for Life. If you go to Facebook or um, any of the other social medias, you look up JR's Hunt for Life, that's where I am. And that's where everybody else is that talks about this, that uh, wants help, wants to help other people, anything that uh, is related to suicide recovery, suicide attempt, suicide um, journeys, we're here to help you. Um, my email, get a pencil out, my email, jlh35 at hotmail.com. You can reach me there anytime. You can call my phone number. It's in the United States, Wyoming, 307-259-6032. Also, wherever you are listening to this podcast, you can reach out to us um, through the podcast network if they have that available. Um, anyway, let's. Uh, I'm going to introduce you, Allison. How are you? I'm fine, Jenny. How are you? Well, I'm just, I'm so, uh, <laughs> I just love that you're going to talk to us all and you're going to help everyone with your experiences. Allison, would you like to share any contact information? I don't mind, yes. Uh, my name is Allison, as Jenny said, and you can get a hold of me at Allison Edwards stage one at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments about this podcast i'm more than welcome to hear any of it well that's awesome allison <laughs> uh, i truly appreciate you sharing that information because as you know it's going out globally and you never know who you're going to hear from so it's kind of <laughs> that's that's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Allison, 
I know that um, you have a desire to help people um, that are uh, or may be suicidal, uh, maybe are trying to live a journey after they have lost someone from suicide. And I, we, I absolutely love hearing from people that are in your um, realm, such as people that have um, wanted to end their lives, because we, we want to understand it. We want to help. We want to save lives. And by you being willing to share your story, which is highly, highly personal and maybe at times graphic, it it is so important that people understand what is going on in the mind of someone or the life of someone that does not want to carry on their life here any longer. Um, right. Alice, throughout this, I'm going to ask you um, what people could have or maybe not have done to help you. Uh, ask you to explain that at some point whenever you're ready for that. But Allison, okay. I'm going to give you the floor and you can start with your journey, your life, how you got to that point, what happened, um, what happened to you mentally and physically, how you're surviving this. We know you're a warrior already. <laughs> because uh, we're talking to you, and that is so very special. So, Allison, I'm giving you the floor. You take it away and start wherever you need to start. Oh, like Jenny said, that I am a survivor of an attempt, and um, so that I sustained um, injury inside and out. I started. Uh, it all started when I felt as if my mother was thinking of a man above her children, and I had to try to deal with in my head, why is she not loving me? Why is he more important than her own kids? Uh, I love my mom, I love her dearly, and I've always looked up to her. She is what I always thought of as my hero because she was a single parent. But for some reason on a specific night, it didn't turn out that way. I was told to get out of the house. I was only 19 years old. He actually, um, the man that she brought home actually told me to get out of the house. So the very next day, I loaded up my car and I left. When I went to a church to try to seek help, they couldn't help me. And that disappointed me. And of course, you got to remember that Suicide back in the 80s wasn't thought of as something that was important to address. So regardless of how I felt, it didn't matter to what seemed like anybody. 
I had gone home. Uh, I had a couple days later, I had gone home and I, my dad had a 38 in, in, had, he had left for my mom in a drawer and I had taken that and asked a brother, how, how do you load it? He didn't know what I was up to. And later I left and I had stuck it under my car seat. I had gone over to a friend's house and I said, this is how I feel. This is what I want to do. And she tried to stop me, but I'm sorry, but when you're in the frame of mind that you, you can't think any clearer than they'd be better off without me, you just got to you just feel like you just got to go with those feelings because those feelings are more powerful than what anybody could say at that time. So I left. I pulled over to the side of the road, and I don't remember, honestly, if I was sitting in my car seat or if I was outside of the car, but I pulled the trigger and a pastor son pulled over and called an ambulance, which, you know, I didn't know. I was out of it. I hadn't been drinking. I hadn't been doing any drugs. But, you know, the feeling and the overwhelming feeling of wanting to do something is so powerful that you're you're not really in your right mind. You're not present there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I I ended up in the hospital. Um, a bullet bullet inside me. They took out most of it. It ended up in my spinal column. Burnt my it burnt my spinal column to the point where I ended up partially paralyzed. But I was not able to walk for, I don't know, I, I spent four months in the hospital. And uh, it it actually affected my my bladder, so I have to cast. And it affected a lot. It took me so long to come to terms with the injury that, you know, sometimes I still have a hard time dealing with it because I was so active before all of this mm-hmm. and you know it it has slowed me down so much mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I had people who supported me I had a physical therapist a student therapist who you know during that time he wrote me a song and before he left he handed it to me and I got encouraging notes on my lunch lunch trays which was you know some of these nice things that people did you just I I was so consumed with wanting to get up and walk again mm-hmm. and and eventually mm-hmm. I did I eventually got up and walked again but the whole thing is I don't want somebody to think that if you do something to yourself that you're just going to die 
you're mm-hmm. that is not that is not even that's not possible you have to look at a whole bigger picture what is this going to do you got to start you got to come out and bring out your right mind what you're going to you know what could happen mhm mhm you got to think logically instead of how you're feeling at that time mhm because mm-hmm. it could really damage you and then and take away things that you just didn't want taken away mm-hmm. you know you didn't want taken away mhm mm-hmm. and now you know i was wearing a long leg brace and now I, you know because i have osteoarthritis in my good leg uh, I'm using a wheelchair and I don't like it. I'd rather be up and running and walking. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the fight daily to go, okay, I did this to myself. I did this to myself. You know, you've got people saying, well, there was one time we were in the store and someone said, well, she did it to herself. You know what? And here's my thought mm-hmm. now. It doesn't, what they have to say does not matter to me. Mm-hmm. Because they weren't there. Right. I mean, and it's always important to reach out to somebody with some kind of sense. Mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who has some love, you know, and maybe can point you in the right direction instead of, point in a direction where, well, go ahead. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, yeah. Jenny, it was like the 80s. They they would have just as soon put you in a mental institution than come up with a, help you come up with a solution. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Allison, can you, where was this wound inflicted on your body? It was... It was in the in the gut area. It went through the front and into my spinal column. Okay. Against the vertebrae. Okay. So being the age that you were, you probably had no idea that that may not have been a deadly wound. Right? Right. I actually yeah. thought I was, I, the whole point was I wanted to die. Yes. But, you know, but I lived through it. And then, you know, like I said, on a daily basis, you're, you're going, okay, I did this to myself. Mm -hmm. I did this to myself. And so you Mm -hmm. live with that for the rest of your life Uh and you fight through it. And that's why I say you're a warrior because you are persevering. And that was one of my questions, Allison, was, uh when you were in the hospital were you thinking oh my gosh i'm going to do this again i'm going to do it differently or were you thinking what were you thinking i I was actually thinking i i would rather die than live like this okay that's what i was thinking yep Mm -hmm. and like i said jenny it was such a fight I mean, I think it took me two years to come to terms with it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was a really long, drawn-out process. Uh-huh. So so what 
if anything, I know you said you were in that uh, frame of mind uh, where you you were going to do it no matter what somebody said to you. So Mm -hmm. that's the case. Would there have been, could there have been anything that someone might have been able to reason with you or help you out of that bad spot? Um, I I believe so. I mean, you, you look to the church to to help you figure solutions, and what I what I got was turned away. And I thought, you know what? I had a baby, like what a couple years before that. Uh huh. You know, at just before I turned seventeen, and I mean. That was hard, but you know, I I did the unselfish thing. I gave her a chance, and I wanted to graduate. I gave her up for adoption mm-hmm. because I was thinking, why, you know, why should I ruin some some baby's life because I carried her for nine months, and that's okay. And I I I can't give her up because I just got to keep her. You know, I can't think that way. That's mm-hmm. selfish. Yeah. So you knew you were uh, an adolescent and there was no way that you'd be able to properly raise a baby and a child. And yes. you, you did the right thing uh, in that fashion by giving her uh, a better life, so to speak. Yes. Uh, well, when I, uh, Jenny, when I was in in the I don't know, in the pregnant girls class at that time, the girls would ask me, I don't know how you can give up the baby. You know, I can't because, you know, after carrying them for nine months, I'm thinking, but you don't get a whole picture. You don't get the whole picture. Right, right. And I mean, and there's that, that's a lot yeah. of work. Yes, yes, it is. And that was very adult thinking of you. Um, you were thinking forward, which a lot of adolescents do not do. They live in the moment. Um, so at that point, you were thinking forward, right? Yeah, yes. Uh, but at the point that you were, you had been um, rejected by this man uh, that lived with your mom. And yeah. Well, mom- he didn't live with, he did, Jen, he didn't live with my mom. He just... I had never met the man before in my life, uh-huh. and he comes in with my mom and just automatically opens up his mouth and says, you need to get out. Oh, man. So what did your mom do? I mean, did she um, say anything? Did she? Well, she said, well, I agree with him. Um, I remember exactly what she said. I agree with him. If you're not out by Sunday, you'll find your stuff out in the middle of the road. Oh, my. And up to that point, you had a good relationship with your mom? It was rocky from here here and there. Okay. Well, that's, and that's typical, you know. Yeah. That's typical. But, Mother-daughter uh, things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, don't we all have that? Uh, yeah. But, but that... You know, I'm hearing that that rejection 
from, first of all, your mom and then a stranger that was now beginning to control your life. Um, The rejection you felt from the church where you went to go get help uh, caused you to have no hope. No hope. And and you look at the church, to the church, you know, to help you come up with a solution. Right. To give you Do hope. something. Yeah. yeah. And, hey, yeah, but I, but I was so good. I don't have a kid because they would help somebody if you had a kid, which I didn't understand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm so young, but you're not, but, but I'm asking you, help yes did you tell them you perhaps were suicidal or was that no no I don't believe I did tell them uh, that I was I just remember leaving really shot down and disappointed yeah and so uh were you uh suicidal before you went to the church or had you ever thought of that? Because most of the time, it's not. It, it's you, you usually considered for mm-hmm. a period of time before it, the actual attempt. I I believe, Jen, that some of the depression stem from postpartum depression. Oh, okay, all right. And so, uh, yeah, I think it, it's also hereditary. Okay. Because of the way my mom, I saw the way my I saw my mom acting. Uh huh. I I mean, like she would she would threaten to run away and she'd leave. She she told me. Oh, she was a young mom. Yes, my dad died when we were very young. I mean, my brother was three, and I'm the oldest of five. Oh boy. Okay. Um, so it, if in the 1980s, mm-hmm. people didn't talk about mental illness, about no. depression, and there nope. were no such diagnoses as anxiety or bipolar, any of that. There were no, no there were no diagnoses. And I, I remember, um, my father-in-law who was in World War II, uh, when he came back stateside, and not only him, but several hundreds of men um, that experienced um, a conflict. At that time, there was no such thing as PTSD yet. No diagnosis no. of that. But what doctors would do was put them on uh, Valium. And, <laughs> yeah, my father and wow. was on Valium for... Uh, probably until he was 80 years old after he had experienced World War II. And uh, so that is just something that wasn't talked about, you know, a mental illness. It wasn't all you could do was, like you said, observe, like you observed your mom and her behavior. And it. when did it occur to you that, I don't want to die anymore. I want to survive. I'm going to do what I have to do to survive. Did that occur to you? Um, it, it did, you know, and it's still, 
I still go back and forth. I'm not going to lie, you know. Yeah. Some days are better than others. Some are worse than others. Uh-huh. But I'm still, I don't know, I got a fighting spirit. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> I push. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I made this statement one day. I said, you know, I was born to prove a point. <laughs> so, and what point is that? What what point would that be? <laughs> I don't know, but I just guess I'm born to prove a point. Yeah, you know well, that I I, I guess so. Others don't think that they're going to come out injury injury free if they attempt. Uh huh. And because it's not that simple. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was on your heart and, and what how you want to reach people is go ahead and explain to them why you wanted to tell your story and what what you wanted to accomplish with people that are considering ending their lives. You, you had told me you, they don't understand they may be named for life. Uh, what I, yeah, what I, I want very much for people to understand that Despite how you feel, despite all of that, it's not worth the aggravation in the long run because tomorrow is a new day always for better. You know, things can change. Sometimes you have to work towards those changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just because you feel one way, on at that moment doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, and I'm a firm believer that those you hang around, you become, you become. Like, you know, if they're good, you're good. If you've got the support, you're good. If you hang around those who are, you know, crummy people, uh-huh. <laughs> then right. you'll be crummy too. <laughs> it's just how it works. And that is true. That is true. That is true. And it's it's not very often that you get someone that can be a good influence in spite of everything their friends are doing. You know. Yes. That person can be a good influence. And I see you as that person. I think I think you're a good influence despite uh what may be going on around you and I'll tell you why because you are fighting for this life and you are by telling your story you're fighting for other people too you're you're fighting for them um and which is why Jenny I decided I'm sorry on why I decided to write my story because if I can get it out maybe I can stop others from thinking the way they think that it's not gloomy right it might be gloomy at this moment but the next day may not be so gloomy this is what can happen if you try don't do it Mm -hmm. and i you know it is it is so much more impactful hearing that from someone in your situation someone that has walked through this 
walked with this, walked with the rejection and the hopelessness and wanted to not live, but did live. And now you are reaching out and telling people this what this is what may have helped me. This is what didn't help me. This is what is helping me now. Uh, I mean, it's a play-by-play. And it is so important that people hear this and understand that if we can, you know, statistically, if we can um, intercede at the in, in that red line moment, if someone can intercede with, that person such as you and say, look, mm-hmm. this, this, this can be different tomorrow. You know, yeah. uh, maybe your mom would have had a change of heart tomorrow. I mean, who knows, who knows, but it, I do understand that people in your situation live in that moment and they don't consider the future that some things may change. Yes, or that it could get much brighter if they just hold on one more day. Yeah. Or one more week. Yeah. And you feel that way now. Yes. So you you are encouraging people, even in your circumstance, in your situation, and you describe your physical limitations, and you're encouraging people right now to – Think ahead. Think ahead and stay alive. And I mean, do you, have you ever had, did did it ever occur to you that someday you may see your daughter? Uh, No, because I actually haven't. And it's okay because um, Catholic Social Services, it's under wraps. (laughs) Okay. All right. So and that and that's fine, you know, and it just makes me think that she's doing well. Yes. And yes. I'm happy. And you know, all I know I did get a letter from the parents after she was adopted by them and uh-huh. she has a, an older sister and I'm I was happy to get that letter, you know. I did. Right. But postpartum depression. <laughs> yeah. That's that in itself can be deadly, you know. And yeah. I don't think they, at that point in time in the 1980s, they had no diagnosis for that either. No. So you didn't even know what was going on with you. No. At all. <laughs> no. And, and, and too young, you know. I mean, I just uh, wish teenagers would get a pic- get a clue, get a picture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, but you you did the right thing. I will always say you did the right thing. It was the worthy thing. It was the stand-up thing to do. And uh, it it was just, it was out of your age to think of doing that. I mean, you were, you were being the more responsible adult at that point. Um, yeah. And so another question. So how is your mother through all of this? What, what happened with your mother? My mom, um, she's doing okay. She's, um, I had her last visit. Uh, I had mentioned to her, I think, well, it was a couple visits ago. I had mentioned why I did it. And 
you know, it's all in a matter of perspective because maybe she didn't see what was was that I saw. You know, everybody's got their own perspective the way they see everything. Right. Right. Like, I, I can make a statement and somebody looks at you and they see something, they think that you said something else. Yes. Yes. I I totally so, agree with that. Suicide is like a person. It's your perspective. It's how you take it. Um, okay. It's Never good to think in that direction. Never. I mean, you just got to try to change a person's perspective. Mm -hmm. I like that. I have not heard that before, and I do like that. I think that's very valid, and I think that is a good thing to carry on. Uh, You know, and when you write your book, I'm sure you'll include that because (laughs) – you your your action was impulsive uh and you you didn't have perspective and you weren't thinking out of that moment i was I only mean, thinking how i felt rejected and unloved and useless and you know all of those feelings you get when that's what you only can think of right um, and you're probably thinking, oh, I'm going to be homeless. I have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing about it is, Allison, is you did reach out. That is so important. You did reach out to your church. Even though you did not find the help that you needed, you did reach out. And nowadays, uh, with all of the awareness and the things that people talk about regarding suicide, I think that um, I, I think that if a person were to reach out, there would be help, and that's that's one of the reasons we do what we do. What I do is mm-hmm. we're here for people to reach out to. We will do everything in our power to help, however we can do that. Um, we can't do that monetarily, but um, we we can help. Uh, in any other way that we can help. And I, I, yeah. And so I'm thinking if that, tell me if I'm right or wrong, if that church had helped you, you would not have suffered what you do today. Uh, Fact. Fact. Yep. Yep. That's the truth. And, And I think most churches, well, I don't know if all, but most would probably stop. And go, oh, well, let's see what we can do. Yeah, instead of just just a cold, harsh turn away. We can't help yes. you. You know? Yep. Um, and that is so good to hear because that gives people hope. And that gives me hope that if someone reaches out, and that's what we are always always encouraging people to do is to reach out and i know that's a hard thing to do i and i i wonder (laughs) yeah i wonder if you would have done it if you uh had not felt you were going to be homeless you know Uh, Um, yeah um, i i was i was scared i was young i was scared 
I, I felt like my mom didn't really love me. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. the many times she's threatened to run away at that time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So your mom and you, uh, your mom, I know, is especially hard on parents. That's usually the case. Uh, your mom, has she uh, been able to come to terms with this? And um, does she feel that you're safe now, or does it matter, or what's that situation? I honestly don't know, but in the beginning, I know that she kept saying, work that leg, you know, come on, you got to work, you know, so I can get up. I don't, you know, I don't think she at that time came to terms with the fact that the injury was permanent. Okay. Um, were you able to go back and live with her when you were released from the hospital? Or what, where did no. you go? I went to my grandmother's house. Okay. Uh, I stayed with my grandma for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt I had a little more support from her. Yeah. And, yeah. My, and my mom had rented out her house, well, <laughs> to a friend and moved to Washington State. Oh my. Oh yeah, my. so I instead of sticking around, she decided to kind of give up the house. Uh-huh. And I don't know, she just Yeah. I so love that, her to death and you know, and ever since though, with the last two kids, her last two um she has grown up more, a lot more. She's uh-huh. more understanding and I felt like I was always getting the brunt of it all. Mhm. Right. Yeah. And so so that kind of continued your sense of abandonment when yeah. you know. Uh and I I'm getting a sense of the entire picture now and it's through it all I want to say that you uh exhibit such strength and such uh, fortitude uh, that it's amazing. It's absolutely (laughs) amazing. And I I thank you for uh, talking to us. So, Allison, for one second, I'm going to take a tiny break for our sponsors to put in a word. So, quiet for one minute. Okay. We will be right back. Okay. Here we are with Allison and her very, very, very moving, touching, important to everyone story of abandonment and hurt and uh, being young and, excuse me, and seeking help. And that is so, so important. I just. Um, I don't know what's going on with my voice right now. <laughs> Sometimes it does. <laughs> um, and I'm not the one talking so much. Anyway, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but but your story, <laughs> so many of the elements that 
we are constantly, constantly driving home that that a person must reach out, and and I and not only what like you, you reaching out, and you're the one that is um, having suicidal thoughts, but other people reaching out, like let's say the church reaching out to you. It is so important to have that reciprocal reaching out of each other and talking, mm-hmm. and getting these things out and getting these things uh, taken care of at that moment um, so that we can um, get through life. And, you know, life, there's no guarantees. It's not black and white. Um, no. Yeah. And uh, it's just your story is so uh, you may not uh, understand this, but it's uplifting. It's uplifting to know that there is hope and that you have encouraged people to say, think past that moment. Try to think past that moment. Try to see the big picture. Try to understand that tomorrow's a different day. Um, you did mm-hmm. everything that um, uh, a potential person that does, I'm sorry, potentially in their life, but you also did everything that um, we encourage people to do, such as reach out and talk and seek seek out help, and you did all of that, and it's, mm-hmm. it's discouraging in the fashion that you did not get the help that you, you thought you needed and you did need, but it is so encouraging that after these years, uh, I I don't know your age now. I won't ask. Some people don't want to tell. <laughs> oh, I don't. But, I don't mind, Jenny. I'm 57. <laughs> okay, so, so you have been living with this injury. Since, you have been, yeah, long time. Yeah, and to <laughs> you, it's a constant reminder. Like you said, you did it to yourself. It's a constant reminder of the past. And yes. where we're in the past and and what you could have done differently. And I mean that in itself takes a tremendous amount of strength. It just does. Because people and their past can become very dangerous. And oh yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you uh sometimes have your days where mm-hmm. you aren't real thrilled to be here. Um, <laughs> but I'm thrilled that you're here. <laughs> and, Thank you. And know, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, really. And I know other people because this is your purpose. This, yeah, I think you you found your purpose through your tragedy. And, and I want to say I found my purpose through our tragedy. Um, we lost our son. I didn't, I didn't want to live through it. I, I did not want to live. I did not, and I, I actually thought seriously about it for a minute. Um, and then once but, we came, go ahead. So you wanted to uh, start this, um, the Jenny's Hunt for Life, because yeah. of you know uh, it's a, a way for you to help others past yeah. their stuff. Yes, yes. It's a way that people, we can talk about it, we can get it out in the open, we can try to understand it, we can be there for each other, we can save lives, we can absolutely save lives. 
and people, like you said, need to understand there is hope. There is hope. And just don't stay stuck where you are and and ruminate on it and think on it and take action. Mm-hmm. Do not do it. There is hope. And we're here. You're here. Uh, you gave your information. You're here to help people. And I know people yes. gravitate towards people that are in the same situation, people that have yeah. been through people that understand it. And I, I know that by you also writing your book, I'm excited about that. So <laughs> you'll let us all know when that's going to happen. That's amazing. Um, because that's going to help so many people. It is going to help people. Jenny, um, it's been on my, it's, mar- it's been marinating on my mind for a few years. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. I didn't know if I could actually sit down and do it, but I started doing it uh-huh. because I thought, uh-huh. how can I help yes. people see something different? Yes. Because mm-hmm. you never hear about what could be if you uh-huh. do try. Yes. You only hear about people attempting it. And right. that's it. Yeah. And, and that's so true. And yours, your story is a story of survival, not the perfect survival, maybe. Not the perfect physical survival, maybe. No. But it's a perfect survival. And that that is your story to tell people that you may survive, but it may not be like you would like it to be. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I'd still like to be able to run and jump and roller skate. and. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all those things. Uh, I'd like to do all those things, but, you know, that was taken away from me when I decided at that moment. Yes. Yes, it was. And you are an absolute warrior for continuing to uh, live every day, look at yourself every day, feel your body every day, knowing that this is something that you did to yourself, as you said. Yes. And that takes great, great, I know I keep using the word, but great strength. I'm, I'm just amazed at that. I'm amazed at your story. And I'm going to wrap it up here. Is there, Allison, is there anything else you would like to say to everyone? Uh, just whatever you would like to wrap up, go ahead. I would just like to say that uh, please, if you're out there thinking about it, contemplating it, marinating on it, try to change your perspective of the situation. Tomorrow is a new day. Each day is a gift. And it doesn't matter how you feel at that moment. Change how you, try to change how you think. It is so important that you stay. It is so important that you survive to see tomorrow. Keep fighting. And that's what I'd like to say. 
Well, Allison, I appreciate you, and I know everyone that is going to be listening to this appreciates you. Uh, we wish you all the best. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we can have another talk someday on our podcast and see how you're doing. Uh, but you are full of wisdom. You are absolutely full of wisdom. And I know our talk is going to, your talk and your experience is going to help so many people. So, I, again, I appreciate you so much. And um, all my prayers and best wishes for you in the future. And uh, we'll wrap it up now. So thank you, everyone, for being here. We appreciate everyone that comes and listens. Remember, you can reach out to Allison or myself. We gave our information at the very beginning of the podcast, so be sure to go back and, and write that down if you if you are in this situation. I urge you, I urge you to reach out like Allison did and reach out to Allison, reach out to me. I can hook you up with Allison, whatever it takes. Be safe. We love you. Hugs, everyone. Bye-bye. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast Safe Talk with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life, a suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org.